When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into ADD Sports Powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Sam Phelan, our Titans reporter at AtoZsports.com. And we are Nashville's on-demand sports.network going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Link to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline. Also hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads for more great Titans content. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out all of you like Wilson County Hyundai. WilsonCountyHyundai.com to make them a part of your new car buying process, the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. And our friends at Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations across the mid-states uh, in Murfreesboro, Columbia, and in Franklin, online at KrebsKubota.com. So Sam, uh, hostage Sam for the podcast audience. Uh, that has not seen the coal open. Uh, no mic set up today. No backdrop set up today. You got your easy hat for the logo. Uh, but yeah. we're going to make it work here, right? Well, I got to say, too, this is like uh, uh, like my flu game. I'm playing through injury right now uh, because came away from the move uh, with a weird, mysterious ankle pain. Can't dis- like I was like, I don't remember hurting my ankle during this move. And yet after I got all the furniture up, it was hurting a little bit. Uh, the forearms very sore still carrying a lot of mattresses up a lot of uh flights of stairs and whatnot so got got some tight forms and then uh not not to you know brag or anything but got some callous tans from putting furniture together so i'm just i'm just gonna get it out there right now that this is a flu game playing through adversity right now credit to me for being tough and and uh podcasting anyway uh but uh so good for me yeah, yeah. No, Orlando says he almost tore his ACL. Was his first step yeah. outside. Yeah, it and is a it is an icy one this morning. All that snow that we got earlier in the week is now straight up ice. So be careful uh, with your steps. Keep your feet underneath your hips. That's my advice. When you get overextended, that's when the hamstrings and groins pull. That's when the ACLs go. So keep your feet underneath your hips as you're shuffling wherever you got to go today. Yeah, and, credit, and Nick says repeat repeat offender. Yeah, I, at this point, I'm a repeat offender, as Mike Vrabel would say, because just about every time I move, I end up going, my forearms, like, hurt pretty bad. I, I should probably hit more forearm workouts and, there you know, you somehow, somehow found a way to neglect those all the time. All right, so let's dive into the updated news for the Tennessee Titans head coaching search. We've got some changes. we got our updated graphics that the – completed virtual interview list has grown so much to where Sam had to remove the faces from the bottom of the graphic. So Brian Callahan, Mike McDonald, Mike Kafka, Antonio Pierce, those were done on Saturday, Dan Quinn in the middle of the week. And then yesterday on Thursday, Bobby Slowick of the Texans and Thomas Brown of the Panthers completed their virtual interviews. So far, all we know is that Brian Callahan has been the one of the seven to this point that have gotten a callback for a second interview, but he was also the first 
to do a virtual interview as well. So that logistically kind of checks out. And then there are four more to go to interview this week. David Shaw, the ex-Stanford head coach, gets his name added to the list for the 11th interview request the Tennessee Titans have put in. And they will also interview today on Friday, Aaron Glenn, the Lions DC, and Brian Johnson, the Eagles offensive coordinator. So 11 names, Sam. We've got a lot to go from here. So now you got to, can can David Shaw even recruit the Southeast? That's my big question of Whoa. the Tennessee Titans in trying to get the ex-Stanford head coach, David Shaw. I was I woke up and I saw that news this morning. I'm like, what year is this? 2015, 2016, David Shaw getting NFL head coaching interviews. He hasn't coached at Stanford in over a year now. Uh, a little bit of a name out of left field, it seems like, uh, in January of 2024. Yeah, so I was gonna kind of gonna ask you. I, I mean, I uh, you know learned of the David Shaw uh, interview this morning as well. Yep. Didn't have a ton of time to do a ton of research before popping on the show. So uh, you know there will be an article on a to z sports about David Shaw later today. Uh, so that that will be done after I conduct uh, yeah. more research on, on the man behind the name. But Austin, I, you know, uh, my college football knowledge is relatively limited. Can't say yeah. I've watched a ton of Stanford football in my day. Uh, so I would ask you, why David Shaw? What the heck is this? And, and like, when I think, oh, that's like, I can hear a college football name and be like, nice. I can hear, oh, he's the head coach there. Nice. I hear this is the guy that built mm-hmm. Stanford. That's not necessarily the precedent that I want to set here. Yeah. So David Shaw, what his background is, he, he came up, under Jim Harbaugh at San Diego State. And then Jim Harbaugh goes to Stanford. Then Jim Harbaugh goes to 49ers. And David Shaw became the head coach at Stanford in like 2010 or something like that. And was continuing to have a lot of great success. Christian McCaffrey, Andrew Luck, uh, those type of guys were having Toby. No, that was probably pre-David Shaw Stanford, Toby Gerrard. Yeah, probably. Uh, so, but you see uh, a lot of these uh, players, there's a couple tight ends in the NFL that names are not coming to the top of my mind that were Stanford type guys and David Zach Shaw. Huh? Zach Ertz. I'm just trying to name Stanford. Maybe guys right now. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. So David Shaw was a very high level college coach at Stanford where there's a lot of really tough restrictions on what you can do at Stanford because of the academic expectations and standards that Stanford has, right? It's um, it's kind of like Vanderbilt, but way better at sports on uh, the left coast. And so David Shaw also created Derek Mason, former uh, uh, Vanderbilt head coach. But David Shaw was getting a ton of interviews for other jobs in college football and then head coaching jobs in the NFL throughout the mid-2010s. He was a hot name but he stayed at Stanford, won a bunch of games at Stanford. I think he's like 30-ish games over 500 at Stanford. And it was great early in the 2010s, got kind of stale. The college football playoff continued to develop. Stanford somewhat got left behind. Uh, but then he ends up uh, you know, leaving or losing his job at Stanford after the 2022 season, and he hasn't coached since. Uh, but David Shaw was a hot name back in the 2015-2016 era of coaches on the rise. And here's the good thing about David Shaw. 
He's an offensive guy. He was a wide receiver coach, offensive coordinator before becoming a head coach at Stanford. So that is my Cliff Notes version off the top of my head where I haven't thought about David Shaw in a long time. But this is the third NFL interview that David Shaw will get in this cycle. He's going to talk to the Chargers and the Seahawks, I believe, as well. So the Titans are not out there by themselves on this David Shaw plank. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, though. This is... Uh, just so weird, right? Because there's absolutely no precedent for this guy at the NFL level. So, I, I mean, I see a couple of people in the chat saying, you know what, he can coach. He's a pretty good coach. Um, and that might be true, but we've seen a lot of guys that can coach college football all they want and they get to the NFL. I mean, like, I think coming out of college, a lot of people would have said, hey, Matt Rule, what a coach. That's a great coach. It didn't work in the National Football League, and it's probably going to go work at Nebraska here as he continues to build their program up for a bunch of years. So it's just hard when you've got a college guy with zero NFL experience. I think I'd be more open to this as a coordinator, potentially, or as an advisor or as some sort of like bring him into your coaching staff. Sure. Make him the top guy with, with no NFL experience. Yeah. That feels like a leap. Like I I'm interested in why now for David Shaw, why, why is right now, as you mentioned, right? This happens after yeah. Andrew Luck gets drafted. This happens after Christian McCaffrey, you know, contends for the Heisman. Okay. Like I, it checks out. I can see why that's a hot name that NFL teams are trying to pull, but one year removed from a bunch of losing seasons at Stanford. Why is now the time for David Shaw? I don't know. And I'm interested in, you know, what that interview looks like. I, I don't think I would get on board. Yeah, I I will say he does have NFL coaching experience. Uh, He was with the Philadelphia Eagles. That's where he got to start in back in 1997 as a quality control coach, then was with the Oakland Raiders, was the quarterback coach for the Oakland Raiders in 2001. Then he went on to the uh, Baltimore Ravens organization uh, for uh, three seasons, it looks like, as a quarterbacks and wide receivers coach before moving to the Jim Harbaugh rank, San Diego, not San Diego State, but San Diego is where Jim Harbaugh was as the head coach in 06 and David Shaw was a pass game coordinator and receivers coach there before moving to Stanford with Jim Harbaugh from San Diego. And so he was at Stanford from 07 to 2022, three time PAC 12 coach of the year, uh, five time uh, division champion won the uh, national coach of the year, the Bobby Dodd award in 2017. And uh, was the uh, actually was the, oh, man, this is crazy. He was the, uh, seven-time coach of the year in the Pac-12. Uh, I think it was, not not just four, but was really good, was 96-54 and 54 as the Stanford head coach. That's a pretty legit uh, resume there, but it did taper off and got kind of stale there towards the end. So, Sam, that's kind of the update Stanford, on... Stanford's a tough job, too, to, like, yeah. assess. I've, you mentioned it, the chat has mentioned it, but, like, the academic st- standards of a Stanford make it very difficult to assess can this guy recruit at least even for just like a college level but like can he coach right because this talent is not going to be at the same level as the usc's ucla's oregon's washington's and the big name schools that are in the same conference with stanford sure so that it, it puts everything on like a weird difficult to judge level because there's that looming like well what is the academic standard and how does it prevent him from 
actually getting talented players to work with. What could he do with an elevated yeah. roster? Maybe it's a different conversation we're having. Yeah, for sure. So that's the update on, on David Shaw. So the 11th uh, name to be requested for an interview. So just to uh, recap this. So the seven completed virtual interviews, Callahan, McDonald, Kafka, Pierce, Quinn, and then yesterday on Thursday, Slowick and Thomas Brown, and then four more interviews to happen uh, virtually before in-person interviews begin Monday. Aaron Glenn and Brian Johnson will interview today with the Tennessee Titans virtually, and then Ben Johnson and David Shaw, who we've been talking about, are the last two guys to have those scheduled interviews reported out there. But Sam, let's switch gears a little bit. We haven't really talked at all about who's the best candidate or ideal candidate for quarterback Will Levis. We've always, obviously, everybody that's talked on this morning show, whether it's me, you, Zach, or Jack, has said, offensive-minded head coach, please do not go defensive-minded head coach. You have Will Levis, the opportunity, yada, yada. We've been over it a bunch. But who is the most ideal candidate for Will Levis uh, in this candidate group? So which Titans coaching candidate would be best for Will Levis? That is the question we want to go ahead and ask you guys today now that we've gone through the updates from the news. Uh, so we'll get your opinions on who the best for Will Levis is. But first, I want to tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans. They can take care of you at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Farm Bureau Health Plans has been serving Tennesseans across the entire state for over 75 years. That's a long time doing it. They've adjusted with the times and continuously give you the best customer service, the best rates, and the best quality health plans for your situation across the board. You can go the whole kit and caboodle, health, dental, vision, but maybe you got some gaps you want to fill in. Maybe uh, your employer's uh, health or, or your employer's dental or vision plan is not up to the par you want it to be. Farm Bureau Health Plans, you can just go get dental or vision with them and not have to do the whole thing. But they've been uh, serving uh, Tennesseans and A to Z sports employees for a long time. Zach Bingham, Jack Gentry have joined the Farm Bureau Health Plans family. You can too. It's so easy to do it. FBHP.com slash ATOZ. Today's show is powered by BetMGM, the king of sports books. You can use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM and get up to $1,500 back in the form of a bonus bet. If your first bet does not win, uh, whatever that first bet wager amount is and that deposit amount is, if it loses, that money can go back into your account in the form of a bonus bet. You just have to sign up with BetMGM and use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up. That's why they're the king of sports books and why you're sports betting this NFL playoff needs to be done with BetMGM and BetMGM.com. All right, Sam, I will send you to the chat. We're asking the question, which Titans coaching candidate would be best for quarterback Will Levis? Obviously, Amy Adams-Strunk uh, in her hostage video, where I don't know if you're in the same room uh, as they were last week when they recorded that, but said a promising young quarterback in Will Levis is going to be a part of what attracts a candidate to this job, but also what the Titans are going to try to maximize with Will Levis here. So what's the chat saying about the Will Levis best fits? Yeah, we're getting uh, Brian Callahan uh, from Scott, Brian Callahan from Hello Ladies. Uh, we got Callahan from Peyton and Nathan. Curtis thinks it's Ben Johnson. Noah thinks it's Bobby Slowick. Uh, Callahan again, Callahan from Paul, Slowick from IR Hoshi. 
Chandler says Callahan hands down. Slowick from Tighten Up. Slowick from Michael Hurd Jr. Andre's got Johnson or Slowick four, Johnson three, the other Johnson two, and Brian Callahan one. Coming in with some rankings like mm, I, I like it, Andre. The A to Z Sports. Uh, a to zsports.com on the website. I had rankings come out. Callahan from Derek Callahan or Slowick. Ben Johnson is the answer from Stephen uh, King. Uh, more Callahan from Tony and Jody Slowick from American Top. So it, it overall, as I continue scrolling through here, Austin, it seems like the two most popular names from the chat: Brian Callahan, Bobby Slowick, two guys that yeah. were in my top three on my rankings uh well, once one, one second here because stephen king says ben johnson the other ocs had first qb of the draft well what is jared goff though stephen CJ, king? cj stroud was also not second first. quarterback of the draft technically yeah, but but, but I, I, I mean but what is the you know ben johnson's got a first sure. overall draft pick and jared goff who is a veteran like i <laughs> Stephen King's uh, uh I guess he, logic yeah, doesn't he, he might use it look at it as more of like Jared Goff is a resurgence right and he took like a veteran Which at the time ben Johnson should get credit for right well, that's what he's saying he's saying it's Ben Johnson because the other two being Slowick and Callahan had the top young quarterback versus Ben Johnson built up Jared Goff is like a resurgence uh but okay. but I guess if you're going on technicalities like he also has first overall no, a number one overall pick yeah <laughs> yeah yeah at quarterback so. so all right so sam i'm curious what is your candidate who is your candidate that is the best fit for will levis of these 11 as uh i saw you start a chat here mb says it's a wide net you guys are reading too much into everything but there's 11 candidates out there so well, sam is what is your what is your I, opinion here I do want to say to MB, like, he's absolutely right. The only thing we really know about the Titans search, I saw uh, Buck Rising tweeted this morning, is that it's a wide net. That's essentially the only thing we know at this point for what they're prioritizing, what they're looking for. Because they've shared so little information, it leaves us in a spot where we're just like, okay, are you serious about David Shaw? Are you just trying to pick his brain? Is this a legit, like... Why, why the heck are we interviewing Mike Kafka and Antonio Pierce? I don't know, but here we are. So it, it, at some point, if you stretch yourself too thin in this wide net, the, the net's not going to be very strong and you're going to get a hole poke through it. You yeah, know? which is why I'm going to be very interested in seeing what other names come up in the second interview cycle here. We know yeah. Brian Callahan's getting a second interview, but who joins him? That'll be very telling as far as, who the finalists are for this job. Um, Austin, the Titans have also told us that they are not solely basing their search on Will Levis. It's going to be a priority, but they are not taking this approach of, okay, well, we have to do only the best thing for Will Levis. But when I did my rankings, it was kind of what I had in mind of, yeah, experience, yeah, how you can coach a team and your leadership style, but really what is best for the the best part of your team right now, which is Will Levis. And so my number one in the ranking, because I think he's the best option, is Brian Callahan. It is okay. Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan. He has a lot, a lot, a lot of experience with different quarterbacks, quarterbacks of all types, from Tim Tebow, 
with the Denver Broncos to working his way up to the quarterback coach for Peyton Manning with the Denver Broncos to Derek Carr to Matthew Stafford with the Lions in back-to-back years that the Lions went over 500. One year they made the playoffs. He was helping Matthew Stafford. Uh, And then he's been in Cincinnati, worked with Andy Dalton. He's worked with Joe Burrow. He has now worked with Jake Browning. I saw a chat earlier um, that mentioned this factor, but how good Jake Browning looked in a Bengals uniform is something that is really credited to Brian Callahan. His ability to marry the run game to the pass game to use play action. That was a thing, by the way, that helped Jake Browning succeed in the Bengals offense was an immediate uptick in play action usage in their offense coming from under center and how he thrived, right? I look at a skill set of Will Levis and say, Brian Callahan knows how to use the run game to give his quarterback time in the pocket and and allow if if a Jake Browning can look as good as he did for portions of the season, sure. I think he can take Will Levis's game to the next level. And Ken wants to know, can he fix the O-line? This is the determining factor for me of why he's number one, why he's the top dog. Do you know who his dad is? Yeah, Bill Callahan. Old Bill Callahan. Offensive line coach of the Cleveland Browns. And I'd be willing to bet he is following his son if Brian Callahan gets the job. So you're getting the head coach for the quarterback. You're also getting potentially a really, really good offensive line coach coming along with him. So let's protect the QB. Let's get the quarterback guru in here to help him. Uh, This is some stuff from my article about Brian Callahan of why I thought he was so ideal. Callahan is a candidate with a ton of experience working with quarterbacks, helping them excel. The ability to adapt to his personnel shown in Jake Browning running the ball successfully, using play action to put his quarterback in a position to succeed. I think finding the right dance partner for Will Levis should be at the top of the priority list, and Callahan is the perfect match for it. So this is my guy, and Will Levis is a big reason why. I like Brian Callahan a lot, too. And we played this yesterday, Sam, but we'll play it again because Brian Callahan does not call plays for the Bengals, but Zach Taylor, the head coach, who said who is the the play caller, talked to Baby of ESPN.com uh, about Brian Callahan, and this is just twenty seconds long, but it's a fantastic ringing endorsement for the Bengals OC. He coordinates everything having to do with it. He he establishes the whole structure of our offense on game day. He and I are in constant communication. That is calling plays. That is establishing an offense. He has helped develop every position we have. He's invaluable. There's really not enough things I can say about him that if someone just followed us for a week and saw it, it would be, oh, no wonder everyone's so high on Brian. Yeah. No wonder, right? Yeah, I mean, that's really high praise. I like. I think there is a level, anytime you see a coordinator who doesn't call plays necessarily, like it actually call the plays, there is some concern. It was a concern I had with some of the candidates on the list is like, how much coordinator experience do you have? And whatever, but you hear from Zach Taylor, just how much Brian Callahan does behind the scenes to make the offense function at the level that it does. And by the way, Austin, Brian Callahan fact that I learned over the, the, this week here is the longest tenured coordinator offense, defense, or special teams across the board in the NFL. The longest coordinator 
of any kind. He's been with the Bengals since before Joe Burrow even got there. It's like five years plus of yeah, experience. 2019. 2019. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I heard that fact this week that there is not another coordinator at, at special teams, offense or defense around the NFL that has been with one team in the same role for longer than Brian Callahan. I thought that wow. was another testament to the value he's provided in Cincinnati and the unique, I think next level of experience that he has that a lot of the other OCs on the Titans candidate list don't have. I think that's pretty wild. How many offensive coordinators have the Tennessee Titans had since 2019? Well, Tim Kelly, Todd Downing, Matt La, Matt Lafleur. Arthur Lafleur Rick. was technically eighteen, so that oh, so that's kind of a trick question for three, but right, but, for two years. But yes. hey, you've had three. Cincinnati's had one. You're about to hire a fourth, and if Brian Callahan doesn't get a head coaching job, <laughs> he's going to still be the OC. Yeah, and that's and how many defensive coordinators have the Tennessee Titans had since 2019? That's a that's kind of a trick question too. Because the answer is also three, because it was Dean Pease, Mike Vrabel, Shane Bowen. <laughs> oh, Mike Vrabel, yeah. Mike Vrabel, the one year that he didn't name a coordinator and yeah. was basically just doing it himself and confusing everybody uh, in the 2020 season when they had the worst third down defense in the history of football. So look, it's pretty wild right there. I think that's that it just shows you of how crazy it is that. Five years, I will 19, 20, 20, yeah, five seasons is the longest tenured coordinator in the entire league on either side of the ball, special teams included. That's how fast this NFL league yeah, it was moves. with it. He became it. Uh, the Saints just fired their defensive coordinator, I believe. And uh, with the Saints firing their, I think that's where maybe it was the OC. The Saints fired somebody. And when they fired him, uh, yeah, it turned over to Brian Callahan. So. Yeah, that's pretty pretty impressive. All right, so Sam, uh, I like Brian Callahan a lot. Is he the guy that um, best fits what Will Levis needs? Maybe. He's definitely one of my guys, but I'm not going to go with that answer because that would be boring. You just laid out a lot of good stuff about Brian Callahan. I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to go with somebody that I don't think is getting near enough respect in this head coaching search season. Uh, I'll get into that, but real quick, like the show. We got a lot of people watching on Facebook that haven't liked the show yet. A lot of people watching on YouTube who haven't liked the show yet. So like the show, hit that like button. Jack has been doing uh, YouTube comments first since they have more until Facebook catches up. So if you want your Facebook comments to be read first, Jason, uh, then hit that like button for everybody uh, uh, watching on the show today. So Sam. My guy that I'm going to say is not getting enough respect. So if we're talking about Brian Callahan being one of the better options for Will Levis, I think somebody who interviewed yesterday for the Tennessee Titans job, not named Bobby Slowick, is right there too. Ooh, I'm going to go wow. with your boy Thomas Brown. I think Thomas Brown is a under-the-radar candidate. You wrote that article with that headline yesterday, and I took this excerpt. From this, these are Sam's words here. Sam's words that I'm using to prop my opinion up on Thomas Brown. Uh, Thomas Brown was a college coordinator with Miami, uh, where they averaged over 30 points a game uh, throughout his uh, OC play calling career at the U. Then he jumped in and became an assistant head coach, uh, as well as running backs coach 
with the Rams. Uh, the Sean McVay offense is perfect for Will Levis. These are Sam's words. Uh, the Rams love to air it out and take deep shots down the field. During the resurgent 2021 season, Matthew Stafford led all quarterbacks in air yards per attempt and completions 30-plus yards. Stafford with second in 30-plus yards in 2023. The Rams offense is so Will Levis coded that they could literally – uh, that they literally brought in his college offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, to be the OC in 2022, but injuries derailed the season. I think Thomas Brown is a really good fit for Will Levis because you look at what Will Levis is, I think a really good comp of what can Will Levis grow into. I think Matthew Stafford would be a really good pro comp for Levis a lot of people are talking about Josh Allen for Will Levis. Josh Allen runs way too much and way more than what Levis does. But I think Matt Stafford, who's got a ton of a ton of uh, arm talent and athletic ability, is a good comp for Will Levis. Yeah, Detroit Matt Stafford had that like I'm gonna run and dive and like he was just a big old linebacker that could throw the ball and like Will Levis has a level of that where. He's not going to rely on his legs, but if you get him going and you're a defender that's on the other end of Will Levis, just like back in the day, if you were on the other end of Matt Stafford running free looking for a first down, that was not going to be an easy tackle or a fun trip for whatever yeah. defender was on the other side of that. So I, I do think it's a great comp. And like, I mean, like you said, Matt Stafford is at his best, as you see in some of those numbers, airing the ball out throwing it deep it, it like Sean McVay has done a tremendous job one like what do we know from Detroit Matt Stafford basically their team was like Matt Calvin down there somewhere like and he, he just throw the ball up right and then when he lost Calvin not as great uh but Sean McVay has found a way whether it be Puka Nakua or Cooper Cup or you know Robert Woods Robert Woods Van Brandon, Jefferson Brandon Cooks Van Jefferson whatever the route concept, Odell Beckham. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the route concepts that they run in LA and have given Matthew Stafford, like uh, allow him to air the ball out and take shots down the field. Um, and a guy in Thomas Brown running back background became a tight end coach. Tight end coach is interesting, right? That's Mike Vrabel's former, like go-to coordinator and waiting position. Yeah for a reason because tight ends have to they're the one position on the field that are a good know how to marry the run game and the pass game right they know how to make runs look like passes and passes look like runs and disguise different things tight end coaches work with that um so he went from running backs coach to tight ends coach you want to look at a guy who can marry that run game with the pass game like i said Look at the college running backs coach that helped Melvin Gordon, helped Sony Michelle, helped uh, Nick Chubb, and has had a ton of success at the NFL level while also experience under Sean McVay. I think there's something there. It's why yeah. I I don't think he's the top guy. I I would much rather prefer Brian Callahan. That's why I had them number one and number four in my mm -hmm. rankings. But I don't hate this answer. Yeah, I see. Why is Thomas Brown ahead of Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick in this? I think it's because the staff opportunity that Thomas Brown can bring in. And, and the Leon, the Leon Cohen, Cohen, that would be ideal. Uh, Cohen's already interviewed for the Bears OC job. 
Uh, Liam Cohen was at Kentucky during Levis's junior year when he really balled out. He goes to the Rams, and Will Levis struggled a little bit, became a second-round pick, and then Cohen went right back to Kentucky, and Kentucky's offense was not as talented. Devin Leary's not that great, but uh, here we are with uh, Mark Stoops getting uh, getting more raises and everything with what Kentucky can do by winning seven games a year. But so here's here's the thought on because I see a lot of people. Uh, Jermel asking, what team is Brown with? A lot of people hating, hating on the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers are bad, awful. They're the worst team in the NFL. No doubt about that. But that's not because of Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown hadn't been there that long. You have to give Thomas Brown, and we talked about this on the show Wednesday when I discussed why I felt like he was so underrated. I think you have to just give him some slack here because not only were the Carolina Panthers terrible from a roster perspective, Austin, they fired their offensive-minded head coach in like week seven, and they yep. fired the quarterback's coach. You're giving an offensive coordinator. It's why David Tepper is such a problem, and it's a crime what he's doing with that organization right now because you drafted a first overall pick at quarterback, which, by the way, he forced them to take Bryce Young. Josh McCown and Frank Reich did not want Bryce Young. They wanted C.J. Stroud, and David Tepper said, no, we're taking the, the most hyped guy. But then you take away the head coach and the quarterback's coach. They're like lack of continuity for a rookie QB. It put Thomas Brown in a really bad spot. Yeah. Sure, the offense was bad to start the year, like just as much, but it was even worse in the back half once those guys got fired. And so I think he gets a little bit of grace here from me. Yeah, and so uh, the Panthers had the 32, 32nd ranked offense in the NFL, right? That's dead last. The last time the Titans hired a head coach, they hired a coordinator who ran the worst unit in the entire NFL. Remember, Mike Vrabel's Texans defense ranked 32nd in the NFL. And so I, I, I like what Thomas Brown can be from all that we've learned about the other two guys. Because I, I think when you're talking about the offensive-minded head coaches and in your rankings, Sam, you have four offensive-minded guys, one through four, in your head coach rankings, and Mike McDonald's the top defensive name at fifth. But you're talking about Callahan, Ben Johnson, Slowick, and Thomas Brown. What we've learned about Thomas Brown and Callahan is that they have the personality of a head coach. And you have to have a strong leadership mind a strong presence in a room to be able to. Who who are you saying that about? Sorry, Callahan and Thomas Brown. Oh, I agree totally. Yeah. yeah. What we don't know, and what we've heard more of the opposite, is that Bobby Slowick and Ben Johnson maybe don't have it quite yet. Not that they're the ben wrong person. Might, but I think like that second year in Detroit might have helped him. I just don't know if Ben Johnson has a ton of interest in leaving. Like that, that's a big factor here is like that nobody knows what he's paid, but he's paid very, very well by the Lions right now and got a raise. And so it's like, does he, especially when you're getting a, a head coach job, it has to be the right job. Because if you don't take the right job, if you just take a job to take a job, you'll get fired and it might be your only shot at it. And so uh, like, if you are Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick or one of these guys that looks promising and has that talented young quarterback are you sold on the titans job or one of the jobs being offered to you right now to make that leap we have to see nobody knows that but 
people that are in those interviews right now. Yeah. And so I, I Brian Callahan would probably be my number one. I, and Thomas Brown is right there. Somebody that I keep have growing intrigue in on how he can be a, a head coach with the connections that he's got. Look, the, the places that Thomas Brown has been, you named him, right? It's Wisconsin, Georgia, uh, Miami in co- the college game. Then South with Carolina. the L- South Carolina as well, maybe. maybe then in, that was when Spurrier maybe had South Carolina going pretty well based on the timeline of Georgia and Wisconsin with, with Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, Melvin. Gordon, after, after Georgia, I think he did a year at South Car- with South Carolina. Right. And then you see he goes to the Rams, and he wasn't just a position coach, but he was the an assistant head coach title with Sean McVay as a position coach. And I think that's a, a big deal, and it's what Thomas Brown could bring in around him as a, for an offensive staff to benefit Will Levis. I think there's a lot of intrigue there for me. And, you know, a, a former player gets more respect than a guy who has not played at the NFL level who's a coach. That's just how it works. And Thomas Brown checks that box. You don't have to hire somebody who checks that box. You don't have to by any means. But there is a little bit of a difference of when you know the guy standing in front of the team meeting room wore the shoulder pads too in the league. And Thomas Brown has that. Not to the level of Rabel, but still, he's been in the league. Yeah, I'm very – the Liam Cohen offensive coordinator thing – Maybe the Titans, like maybe any Titans higher head coaching hire could always hit up Liam Cohen and, uh, you know, hire Liam Cohen. Maybe you could hire Thomas Brown as the OC. I mean, he did take an interview with the Bears for their offensive coordinator job. So he's looking at potentially leaving Carolina. Is like, hey, if I want to be a head coach somewhere, I might have to actually run an offense that has talent on it for a minute. Uh, So maybe you could hire him as your offensive coordinator. I don't know if that's something he'd be open to, but maybe if he is the head coach, it is Liam Cohen. I love the idea of Liam Cohen as an OC. I had an entire article about that as well, because like if you have a guy who's called plays, Thomas Brown has called plays in the past. Now your offensive coordinator is just the best buddy to your quarterback, a guy who knows your quarterback better than anybody else knows what helps him succeed, knows what he needs to be at his best and how to run an offense that prioritizes him. And so it it makes the job of a Thomas Brown who doesn't have as much experience working hands-on with a QB so much easier because not only do you have a QB guy, you have the QB guy for your QB in Liam Cohen potentially alongside him. It, It would be, he is a guy who like the OC hire, I think is important to support Thomas Brown. Uh, but I think because of what you mentioned, his connections to the Rams, especially, there's a lot of dudes that he's worked with in the past that would be really good fits for Tennessee. All right, let's do this real quick because I, I find this intriguing. I want us to go through the 11 names that have been requested and think of how many of these 11 could be the coordinator for one of the other guys in the list of 11. Because the Titans did this with Vrabel and Lafleur. In 2018, both interviewed yeah. for the head coaching job. Vrabel gets the head gig. LaFleur gets the OC. A year later, LaFleur goes to the Packers. So let's look at this list of 11 to see how many of these guys could fit what we're talking about right here. But first, Sam, tell everybody about our friends at the Bone & Joint Institute. The Bone & Joint Institute, they're the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get hurt in life, you have to know 
who to trust. And you don't want to fumble on your recovery, but you can go to the Bone and Joint Institute. You're never fumbling with them with good doctors and a state-of-the-art rehab facility located in Franklin to assist in your recovery. Everything's under one roof at the Bona Joint Institute, so you're not driving all over Middle Tennessee in these icy conditions uh, with, uh, you know, to, to get to different appointments. It's a one-stop shop, clinic, rehab, imaging, surgery, testing. It's all in the same spot at the Bone & Joint Institute. So schedule your appointment with them at boneandjointtn.org. All right, with BetMGM, you can always win big with our bonus code ATOZSports. That's ATOZ Sports to get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if that first bet misses. But also, during playoff time, you can win big, but don't have to give up as much. Because if you sign up with code ATOZ200, that's ATOZ200, all you have to do, $5 money line wager. On any playoff game uh, this upcoming weekend or next weekend, a $5 money line wager wins you $158 in bonus bets instantly, regardless of the outcome of that money line wager. That's with code ATOZ200. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions, all promotions are subject to qualification and requirements. Rewards issued in novels of bonus bets. Bonus bets inspired seven days. And for problem games, support call Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. All right, so Sam, how many of these 11 names could also be a coordinator with one of the other guys that gets uh, a head coaching call? So yeah, here's the seven that have already interviewed. Um, and then I'll pull up the four that have not interviewed yet, but Aaron so Glenn and Brian Johnson more, are going to be talking today. So yeah. Are you, are you thinking more like, legally right like like what who's allowed right because like mike mcdonald cannot be the titans defensive coordinator by the letter of the law in the nfl but i I mean i guess that's not fair that's a good distinction to make who is but i guess i I got who could be the matt lafleur to the mike vrabel of this list of 11 so i think thomas brown is one that comes to mind i think brian johnson is another one there's a lot of uncertainty in philadelphia about that coaching staff in general He's a one-year coordinator who I doubt would be retained if they move on from Nick Sirianni. Um, And he doesn't have full play calling. Like, he has some play calling, but not full play calling. So you could make it a, you know, a promotion of some sort just to make him your offensive coordinator and elevate him uh, from that sense. Um, So those are the first two that really – Thomas Brown and Brian Johnson? Thomas Brown and Brian Johnson are the first two. Like, I don't think a Slowick would go anywhere. Ben Johnson. And that's a lateral play. move too, right? Yeah. So, I mean, technically, yeah, because Slowick does call plays. So that's a, it's also a lateral move. Um, I've got one more. Okay. I mean, could Dan Quinn be the DC? Is that kind of what you're thinking? But that would also be a lateral move. Uh, from the yeah. same thing. Uh, but I, I'm kind of thinking if he's not necessarily retained in Dallas, if, they move on in their coaching staff. I feel like well, the, back, they're, they're, the Cowboys are sticking with McCarthy. So oh, we do know that. Yeah, okay. we do know that. So I missed that. the other one is who we talked about to start the show. David Shaw. Yeah. Right? I think that checks out. I'm mean, David yeah, Shaw. The Lions guys aren't going to go anywhere other than Detroit. But David Shaw, if he is getting like, this is what the chat suggested. Credit to the chat for this, right? If he's looking to come back into the NFL – Maybe he needs to prove, hey, I was last in the NFL in the 90s. Uh, you know, prove that you still got it in a very, very different league today. So you can come in and be an offensive coordinator potentially for a team that's hiring a new staff. I, I would be 
open to that. I got to do more research on David Shaw and, you know, what he's done well at Stanford. But I, I do think that's a possibility for sure. Yeah. So David Shaw as offensive coordinator under anybody on that list. I think if you're bringing in Brian Callahan, I would be interested in Brian Johnson or Thomas Brown as an OC. Uh, if they are not retained by the Eagles and Panthers respectively. Uh, so yeah. Well, yeah, technically I'm not, you don't, uh, Thomas Brown would not need to not be retained. He could leave um, because his head coach that he took the job with is no longer employed. Um, and right. so you can dip if your head coach is not the head coach anymore. So it, there's a, a bunch of different weird rules for it. Like sure. you can give somebody play calling responsibilities and view it as a promotion. You can slap them with an assistant head coach title or something like that. If it's a, like a position coach and then you yeah. can um, view it as a promotion. Um, so I think my perfect scenario, like if I, if I'm dreaming up a scenario is I, is Brian Callahan is the head coach and either Thomas Brown or Liam Cohen is your offensive coordinator. I would be over the moon at that result. And I would uh, talk about the guy below me a whole lot less. If I had <laughs> a, a Brian Callahan, Thomas Brown combo, uh, I'll, uh, you know, I'll enjoy watching Mike Vrabel go 10 and seven with the Seahawks. And I will, uh, you know, sit back and be like feeling pretty good about the Titans offensive situation. If that's uh, where they, where they end up going. All right, uh, let's talk about the head coach that just left here. Mike Vrabel is receiving interest from three NFL teams as of this morning. What would be the best fit for Vrabel in his next stop? Because we know you guys still care about him because we see analytics. <laughs> so what would be Mike Vrabel's best fit for his next stop? Uh, so we'll get to that and all of your opinions on it. But first, let me tell you guys about Krebs Kubota. Krebs Kubota is an elite Kubota dealer and where you should get all of your equipment because being an elite Kubota dealer means they have the best equipment in the industry, the best warranties in the industry. And so whatever that equipment may be, whether it's small, mower, trimmer, maybe you got a goofy yard, you got a hill, you got a ditch in that yard, you got to be careful with, you don't want to flip it. So you have to have the right mower for that yard, for that property. Krebs Kubota can hook you up. They've also got the best customer service in the entire area as well across the mid-state for any equipment brand or company. Krebs Kubota has three locations in the mid-state, Columbia, Franklin, and Murfreesboro. The best customer service from a family-owned and operated company? Yeah, it sounds great, right? But it's so good this family-owned and operated company was able to expand to three locations after starting in one location originally in Columbia 18 years ago. So 18 years later, Columbia, Murfreesboro, Franklin. So check them out online for all of your equipment needs at KrebsKubota.com. Today's show powered by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM and BetMGM.com to get up to $1,500 back in the form of a bonus bet if your first bet loses. If you're not with BetMGM, go get with BetMGM right now before divisional weekend kicks off. Here we got four hopefully good games. Hopefully it's better than wildcard weekend. Hopefully very good games coming down the pipeline in the NFL playoffs. Do your betting with the king of sports books. Use the bonus code ATOZ sports. And when, whatever your first wager is, if it loses that money's back into your account in the form of a bonus bet up to $1,500 king of sports books, betmgm.com. All right. So Sam, uh, we're asking the question, what would be the best fit for Mike Vrabel's next job in the, as a head coach? He has already completed his initial interview 
with the LA Chargers, uh, where Jim Harbaugh has as well. And this morning, uh, it was reported from the NFL Network that Vrabel also has interest from the Seattle Seahawks and from the Atlanta Falcons to be their next head coach. So Chargers, Falcons, Seahawks. Man, the Falcons would be really close to all of you guys. Yeah, his son's still around there, which Vrabel, I don't necessarily think, has any interest in coaching his son. I don't think he wants to Yeah, honestly, he'll probably cut his son. That's a Vrabel. Yeah, it's a go somewhere else so I don't have to deal with this. So (laughs) Falcons, Seahawks, Chargers, what's the best fit for Vrabel's next spot? Yeah, so a lot of people are saying Seattle. A lot of people are saying the Chargers. Uh, I Overwhelming Seattle from Caleb and Billy and Top Tier and Ken. Chargers from Steven Rodriguez. My thought, Austin, honestly, I, I thought I was going to say Seattle. I can, it, it's weird. I can see Seattle. Seattle's the one that like, I can just see him being the Seahawks head. I can, I can visualize him in his like sideline arms cross stance with his headset yeah. standing with, in the rain with no hat in Seattle. Yeah. With like rained on with his literally face. That exact outfit, except the yeah. sleeves are neon green. And he's just like, you got a little Seahawks logo right, right here. Yeah, that, just that's how on. I see it. So I can picture it, but I think the best fit for him is the Chargers because the the challenge with Mike Vrabel in Tennessee has always been, can you hire the offensive coordinator? Um, I think having Justin Herbert makes that a lot easier where, right, he goes to Seattle, he goes to Atlanta right now. You're going to need to get a young quarterback and develop that young quarterback and build an explosive offense, right? Where, I mean, they don't have a QB situation figured out in either of those spots, but I think going and being the leader in LA running some of the defensive stuff for the chargers. And then just, you know, you kind of say, Hey, Art, come down and uh, be the offensive coordinator for Justin Herbert. You let Justin Herbert go be your offensive coordinator pretty much and handle a lot of the offensive burden is the best spot for Mike Vrabel to win. Uh, So I I would say the Los Angeles chargers. So remember, uh, Stephen King brings this up. Pete Carroll discussing player personnel with Raves would be hilarious because oh, Pete Carroll's awesome. not going there. away, an yeah. advisor or whatever the hell. Um, so, so not yet. That would also, you know, we're not sure what Mike Vrabel wants, but if this like roster control sort of thing is true, right? If that's something that he's looking for, how much is Seattle going to be willing to give that to him when they've kept it and retained their general manager and now added Pete Carroll to like an advisory front office role? I'm not sure Mike Vrabel wants to walk into a place and feel like he's answering to two other people in terms of who he can and can't bring into his football team. So this is a hard question for me because I'm trying to like feel out the hypothetical dominoes like the chargers make sense because Mike Vrabel needs a veteran quarterback. That is when Mike Vrabel would be at his best, not having to deal with the development, young, dumb mistakes that a young quarterback is going to make. And not, so that, and in my opinion, not a quarterback that like relies on scheme, right? Geno Smith has been awesome for the Seahawks the last two years overall, like just been really solid, but they've also done a ton credit to like Shane Waldron with what they've done with that offense to make him excel. And you might not have Shane Waldron probably won't have Shane Waldron as your offensive coordinator there anymore. And so what is Geno Smith moving forward? We don't know. And as I mentioned, Atlanta is a complete mystery. Like 
Justin Herbert's going to Justin Herbert. It but let's matter. let's say this. Let's say this. If Mike Vrabel goes to Seattle or L.A., Arthur Smith could follow. True. And not in Atlanta, obviously. That not in Atlanta. The most awkward, like, you know, revolving <laughs> door, what, you know, Homer Simpson gif. That was more common. We need to normalize oh. that because Bears fans, as one of them, we're sitting here all year being like, what the heck do you do with Matt Eberflus? He kind of sucks as a head coach, but the defense is awesome. And we're like, can we just move him to D.C.? Can we just make him the defensive coordinator yeah, and bring in a so different funny. guy? I wish that was more popular of like, hey, Art, you know what you're doing offensively, but this whole head coach thing is not for you. So just you know, take I'm just going to bring your old boss in and let yeah. you just do what you were doing in 2019 and 2020. So, But I also think of the other domino of quarterback. Herbert checks that box. Atlanta doesn't have anybody. And then you got Seattle with Gino. And so I could also see, I can visualize like I can Mike Vrabel standing in the Seattle rain. I can visualize what a number 17 in black and red looks like with Tannehill across the back in Atlanta. I can see that. I could see Mike Vrabel and Ryan Tannehill together in Atlanta. I just... Uh, yeah, I, I can see. I don't know where Ryan Tannehill's going to go, but I think Mike Vrabel getting fired is very good for Ryan Tannehill because he's starting to like see potential. Like, oh, I could get signed here or here or here. And uh, yeah, coach, comment, call me when you find your spot. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, I see a, a comment here in the chat too that says like Derek Henry and DK Metcalf would be crazy. I don't know if any of these teams because Bijan and Atlanta. Austin Eckler and uh, L.A., even though Eckler is kind of a – I mean, that's like – it's like a complete, you know – Complete uh, different. It's like a rent-a-cop sitcom. Yeah, but, I mean, I think they're happy with Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker in Seattle, so I don't know if they're in the market for Derrick Henry. But my question would be, you mentioned Ryan Tannehill following Mike Vrabel. Do we think he signs Derrick Henry? Because that's what I see more than I see Ryan Tannehill. That's a completely different show, Sam. No, I know. <laughs> more than I see Ryan Tannehill following Mike Vrabel. Like, we, what do we, we know that Mike Vrabel is the only person on the planet in the league right now that still believes in, like, hey, we can win a Super Bowl running the ball 35 times. And I think if anybody was still going to go pay Derrick Henry and give him 300 carries, it would be Mike Vrabel with Team X and getting fired. Is just a new opportunity to go somewhere else and hand the ball off to Derrick Henry. I can see that happening for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, man, I feel like, uh, I feel like, so I guess my official answer would be I kind of like the Falcons. I kind of think the Falcons are, is the best fit. It's too close. Too close? Too close to home. Okay. Yeah, like you can go to the Falcons, but like I'm not disagreeing with you. I think he it could work there. I just like I don't know. I so I I pick go West Coast, Mike. Go enjoy the beach. Go to Los Angeles and like give me beach, Mike Vrabel, and, and get far, far away from Tennessee. I'm not sure he wants to do that. I mean, he like I I know like Carter is still his son. Carter. Dear football gods, make me a bird. Fly me so far, far away from here. Right? Yeah. I, you you yeah. have no idea what that's from, do you? No, not at all. Why well, added the football in it? Was it like, like Little Giants? I'm taking guess. No, it's not a sports movie. Well, oh. kind of a sports movie. Dear Football Gods is not in the sports. No, movie. I, I, I added the football. It's oh, Dear God. Okay, so somebody got it in the chat. Somebody got it. 
Forrest Thank Gump? Thank you. See, yeah, I've never Forrest seen Gump. Forrest Gump. That's a weird one. That I've never seen. <laughs> Forrest Gump's great history movie, every, Sam. It's everything's correct oh, yeah. in history in Forrest Gump. Every uh, every like movie fan that like watches a lot of movies, I feel like has one movie that's like your weird movie that you've never seen. Mine is Forrest Gump. It's the one that I've never like. I watch a ton of movies, and but I feel I just I feel like I've seen Forrest Gump a million times from every clip in the world out there and so i've never actually taken the time to sit down and and watch it so yeah you should do that uh once you get your yeah. new new tv set up hooked up yeah once you... i get the the situation around me figured out i've been spending like a majority of every day building furniture and lifting stuff for like yeah. the, this week's all right uh justin says in the show and go watch forrest gump Sam. So you, you, maybe you can do that. It's going to be a snowy and icy for the next three days. So you're going to have plenty of time of researching David Shaw and go looking at Forrest Gump uh, throughout the next uh, 72 hours. So Sam, let's go ahead and get to Ain't That Good News to wrap up this Friday show. It's been a crazy, icy, snowy week. So time to end it the right way with good news. Share your good news in the chat. Let's get it rolling. <laughs> Shout out to our friends at Wilson County Hyundai. WilsonCountyHyundai.com is where to go to make them a part of your new car buying process. See Payne Bone while you're there and tell them we said, hey, uh, at WilsonCountyHyundai.com or in Lebanon. So ain't that good news? Share your good news to the chat. Sam, uh, I'll let you either go first or you can uh, uh, head to good news. I see Zach Goodman says, or Noah says, good news. I'll be watching Forrest Gump tonight. So congratulations for your you know, two hours of your time. this evening. There you go. Zach says the ice uh, at his house is finally melting. Is this, is this factual? Is the ice melting today? No, not for me. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's not in Nashville. Cause, uh, although I've I seen snow, the I highway... see snow and I see what looks like a snow NATO, like what? snow swirling in the air, like a tornado. Oh, see, all right, not to dox, I don't see that at all. Not to dox myself, but I'm looking out a window like down at 65 right now, and they look relatively clear. Well, yeah, it's the oh. interstate. It's a major interstate. Of course, that's going to be clear. Well, yeah, but it's like no ice. I don't see like cars are going pretty fast, and and I don't see a bunch of wrecks happening. So that's maybe. You know? We'll just get Sam traffic reports now from his new window. <laughs> yeah, I'll, be like, I'll be like, I'll be like, oh, 65 North is a little backed up. Yeah, I'm <laughs> there in the right now. So, uh, let's see other good news. Let's see, we've got uh, Ohio State hired Bill O'Brien as OC. Another yes, five that years happened. Ago. That happened. Oh goodness, <laughs> that happened. Bill O'Brien's offensive coordinator at Ohio State now. That's interesting. Uh, John says uh, his wife and him lost their baby in October and are pregnant oh. again. So uh, that is fantastic news, John. Big congratulations from A to Z Sports to you. Um, let's see. We've got I reconnected with my senior drill, drill instructor from boot camp recently. He's a lot nicer now. Um, we've got good news. Alabama is losing a ton of talent in the transfer portal. I'm sure yes, you're they are. that, Austin. Yes, yes, um, yes. Let's see. We got there because I, that was one of my candidates for good news today, but it's not. But welcome to college football, Alabama fans. This has been the life for just yeah. about everybody else for the last 17 years. So 
congratulations. Join us. Sit down on the couch with us to see all of your best talent get scooped up. And I also think it's hilarious of all the Alabama fans over the years that are saying, you know, Nick Saban built it. When Saban retires, we'll be fine because the system's already in place. Oh, Nick Saban's gone? The system looks like it's going with him because those players are hitting the door. I do like Caitlin DeBoer a lot, though. I think they got the hire right. But, but I mean, it is Saban. Saban had built Alabama to a different level of like being above reality because reality in college football is that there's going to be a couple eight and fours mixed in with the 11 and ones. And you have to be ready for like that upswing and downswing and having to, you know, constantly recruit, constantly be hit the portal and, and uh, you know, hammer that stuff. And, Alabama's kind of just been above reproach in that sense. And they've been able to sit back and let all the best kids always come to them because of what Nick Saban built, because they were just on a different level. Kalen DeBoer could be a great head coach and he can definitely win at Alabama, could win a national title or two at Alabama, but he's, it's going to take work to get there. And it's not going to be a snap your fingers. We're the best team in the country. Like it has been. So. No, I mean, look, they've got, let's see, I'm looking, uh, Alabama had three five stars in its number two class that just got signed. And now it's just down to one. So they've had two of their three five stars. That's from Emily proud, our friend over at 24 seven, but that, you know, it's happening fast for Alabama. They're all out the door here. So uh, that's not my good news, but I wanted to give a little more uh, context to that. Yeah. Danny says his son got back into welding school after they screwed up his paperwork. Stevens can finally bear weight on his leg after shattering his ankle playing flag oh. football. Oh gosh. I, I had an ankle injury one time. There was like a fracture to the growth plate in my ankle when I was a freshman in high school. And uh, yeah, that sucked. Like it, that was one of those ones that inconvenienced everything so steven that is fantastic to hear that you are uh, on the road to recovery uh austin my good news is that hopefully weather permitting hopefully this you know the highways remain clear and i can drive but later tonight i will be driving uh to johnson city tennessee johnson city tennessee and i'm not gonna stop singing um and then i'm gonna go skiing or snowboarding or one of the two tomorrow, which I go down a hill very fast with something on your feet and maybe hurt myself that that's well, I've been once. And I, uh, I went snowboarding when I was like 11 and I fell a lot. I don't know which one's easier skiing or snowboarding. So I would love it if the chat could help me like which one I'm least likely to severely injure myself doing, but my uh you know some of my friends from college actually all my friends from college like my my housemates i lived in a big house with a bunch of guys one of them is moving to arizona across the country guys live different places but he's the first one to really leave like across the country and so we're doing a a little trip before he goes just like a weekend of of hitting the ski lodge so that should be a great time so I've never done either snow ski or snowboard. I have water skied, but from what I understand and what the chat's saying, skiing is easier to start. Snowboarding is probably more fun. I think there's probably more opportunity. Yeah, people think skiing is less likely for injuries. That surprises me. I just feel like I would like like a knee injury, like tearing an ACL or something like that. Is eh, more, no, it, it happens. Like I've 
skiing, it, then but yeah. like you're not going to tear an ACL snowboarding. I don't feel like. Why? You could absolutely do that. Well, like I just feel like your feet being together. attached board and together is a lot easier than maybe like one knee buckling in a certain direction skiing. Maybe. Yeah. If you're focusing just on the ACL injury, then maybe skiing uh, happens too. But white bread right here says the wrist and elbows are what hurts snowboarding, which, ah, God, I hate joint injuries. Make me like, I, yeah, like that. true. I'd, I'd, I think I'd rather, <laughs> this is a bad way of going about it. I'd rather have a serious wrist injury though, than like a knee or an ankle or something like that. I think. Sure. No, I'm not. I don't want to get hurt. That's the entire. Yeah, why are you you're bringing this up? You're doing this yeah, to yourself. You, so Sam, you'd rather, you'd rather break your wrist than hurt your ankle, man. You can't do anything with your hands. Then yeah, I'd rather like, I'd rather have, you a, can, you can, both. I broke my wrist and my ankle. My granted, I was three when I broke my wrist, yeah, but so you did, you weren't doing anything with your hands anyway. Yeah, I don't know, but we'll. I don't know. I feel like I, I'd at least rather like be able to walk around, and I don't. I'm not sure. Yeah, but you can't. Yeah, but you, there's other ways to get around. This is a different topic. Whether we're gonna, we could go for hours on. Would you? Would you rather have a broken wrist yeah. or a broken ankle? And Steve says it like pain sucks. Not great. So let's just not have pain. Uh, somebody wanted to know if I knew the name of the song that I was singing earlier. I know every word of that song. Those those same uh, college roommates, Wagon Wheel was our like anthem. anthem? It, yeah, it that was like get, grab the guitars and we're all just gonna like do Wagon Wheel. So that was that's my song. There you go. Uh, my good news officially saying this is up kind of up your alley or down your alley. One of the two. Uh, last week I said my good news is the show Traders is back on Peacock. And I love it. I, You're a Traders guy? I got you onto Traders last year. You don't remember this? No, you did not get me onto the Traders. Yes, guy. I did. Not yes, me. I did. You're talking to the re the reality TV guy. I know. I remember last year I told you about Traders like a year ago this time. Mm, I don't know. We'll have to find the receipts on that because I I am the reality TV guy. I watch Big Brother. I watch the challenge. I watch Survivor. Yeah. This season of the Traders is pretty much all the challenge, uh -huh. Big Brother, and Survivor. We've got some Bachelor. I do. I have watched the Bachelor in the past. This is. I I didn't finish last night's episode, so nobody's. Oh my it. gosh! It's my so that I guess my good news today because last week my good news was Traders is back. There were three episodes that came out last Friday night. Now they're coming out on Thursdays, and so there's four episodes available on Peacock. And my good news is that it's living up to what I wanted my hype to be. It's yeah, living cool. up to what I wanted to see play out. You got Dan so I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything else. I don't say anything, but yes, it is living up to what I was hoping when I saw the cast. The selections for the traders were basically gimmies by NBC. Like, the, the producers that did the show that were like, who would be a good trader? It was obvious who they could pick, but the traders having those people as the traders makes the show fantastic because yes. it's the very best. And as and, American and Top says, Alan, it, Alan Cumming is just, he's the guy. He's so he's amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> uh, and so I've, you know, Shrike says he was tweeting at me saying they got him hooked. I saw, uh, Jeff say he and his wife are hooked or somebody said they and their wife are hooked on the traders. Oh, here Jeff says 
Austin, you got me and my mom hooked on traders. Yes. So okay. it's on Peacock. I kind of have I kind of have a little bit of beef with the the uh and what Shrike said is a spoiler, so I'm not gonna put it on the screen, right. but I'm just as mad about what he's saying as well. We were robbed, is all I will say. But the, we were robbed of fantastic television <laughs> because of one individual leaving too early. Um it's still great. And so it, that's oh, yeah. my good news. Uh, but um, I have a little bit of beef with the chat and like they gave me a lot of crap for being like, oh, I still watch Survivor. You I, like every time I bring up a show I watch, they're like, you what? You still watch that? You watch that show? And now here we are. Everybody's gassing up the traders all of a sudden. Welcome to reality TV. This stuff is electric. It like this is the good shows. This is how they if make it's, if it's a game, if it's like like this game is amazing. I, I, I love I the game. Garbage reality. I watch yeah. competition reality stuff, and it is literally electric electricity, start to finish every time. It it look forward to it every week. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. So Traders is living up to the hype. That's my good news. So that'll do it for us. Sandy, you've got Titans at two later on this afternoon with more uh, info on the Titans coaching search. I know Buck Rising uh, released an, an article this morning as well uh, on a to z sports.com. So you can go check that out for the latest and Buck's thoughts on the Titans coaching search. But make sure before you head out, Hit that like button. We need more likes on the show. As always, way more people watch than hit the like button. So that helps us out tremendously. If you hit that like button on Facebook and or YouTube and subscribe to our channel. Uh, and that'll do it for us. Sam will be back here in a few hours for Titans at 2. And we'll catch you guys. Uh, and I'll catch you guys next week. Have a safe weekend and enjoy it. Uh, appreciate it as always.